Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Rick Strachan, Group President of Hanley Wood. Rick has served the remodeling industry for over 25 years, and today he's going to share his insights into where the industry is going, key opportunities for the future, and the biggest challenges we face. We'll also look into the key drivers for the future of growth. All that and more in just a minute. At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. Hey, Mark, this is Mark Harari, our co host. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, forget you. You almost did. I did. I, I was good diving right into conversation, but I got you. This time I was even waving at you. Don't forget me. <laughs> That's right. Okay, my co-host Mark Harari. Hi. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here with me, buddy. Okay. okay. So you know, the, our guest today, I think, is an underappreciated jewel of the industry. I, I don't know why nobody. It seems like nobody calls to talk to Rick. Yeah, you know, he's he's been the publisher of Remodeling Magazine. He's been around for so long, and he knows so much, and he's seen so much. I mean, he's going to be a wealth of knowledge. Yes, it's going to be awesome. And, and not only do we know Rick from a professional point of view, but we've been partners on the summit, the Remodeler Summit that we're doing for the third time this fall. Yes, and been um, awesome. And he's been just been such a great partner to work with there as well. So I'm really glad to have him be part of Oh, yeah, of partnering our- with Hanley Wood's been just a field of dreams. Yes, yes. You it's build a, it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in here. Rick has been with media and information businesses serving the construction industry for the past 35 years. For the past 26, he's been with Hanley Woods Remodeling Group. He is a founding member, member of the Harvard Joint Center Remodeling Futures Program and is a past board member and former chairman of the Home Improvement Research Institute's Remodeling Professional Committee. He's also a recipient of NARI's President's Award for Service to the Industry and a great friend and, again, font of knowledge. Welcome aboard, Rick. Thank you very much. I really enjoy the opportunity to spend some time with you today. Uh, As you said, a lot of my uh, background is with uh, industry and service organizations uh, serving the remodeling industry. So I I have a lot of stats and figures I'll throw at you during the uh, course of time today. Oh, good. You know, we love those numbers. So that's really cool. So, you know, you've been around just a tiny bit longer than I have been around, which is a long time. So what have you seen that sort of when you look back that has impressed you? Like what are some of the biggest changes you've seen happen in the industry? Sure. I think, think, you know, just the size of the industry has has grown by a magnitude of, of 10x since I've been involved in the industry I think, you know, part of that growth has also led to much more professionalism within the industry. I mean, throwing out some some facts and figures, if you look at back, the, the remodeling industry in its totality was $40 billion back in 1980. Mm. In 1990, it surpassed $100 billion for the first time. Uh, it surpassed $200 billion in 2001, $300 billion in – well, it just almost got to $300 billion in 2000 and six before we saw a little bit of a crash in the market. Uh, But the prediction is that by the end of this year, that we will exceed $400 billion in this market. So if you talk about, hey, what has changed in this market, uh, I think it's just the growth. And as it has grown, 
Uh, we have seen a lot more professional firms get in, involved in the industry to, to basically manage that growth. So that's one of the biggest things we've seen. So what's driven that? I mean, those are numbers are huge. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, part of it is just, you know, hey, you know, demographics, population growth. I, I think in, in some instances, you know, we can we can credit things that, you know, we might not like to, you know, uh, you know, put our arms around things like, you know, hey, the growth of the the big home improvement stores out there. I think that, you know, they have actually brought a lot of attention mm. to what is possible in the market. Uh, the same thing for things like, you know, HGTV, mm-hmm. TV, television. Uh, I think we complain about it a lot, you know, as far as firm, you know, professionals I talk to in the market, you know, people getting unrealistic, you know, uh, views of what can be accomplished. But at the same time, I think it's brought a lot more attention to, you know, what is possible. And one of the things okay. you said was that you feel that the that there's been an increased professionalism in the industry as well as the the pure growth. What are you talking about? How do you give me some examples? What do you mean? Yeah, I think that, you know, like any industry, as the size of the industry increases, it it attracts people. And and it attracts better, you know, firms, better individuals. Uh, the size of the industry as it's grown to for those firms that have been in it a long time, as their revenues and the size of their firms grow, it, it allows them to, or it allows, but also requires them to put into place more professional practices. That includes systems and, and things like, you know, HR and processes to run the business. So I think the the the, the best of the best have, have um, become more professional. Uh, not to say that there are a lot of, uh, you know, single you know, operators out there. That is the bulk of the industry. But I do think because of the size of the industry has grown, it has developed into having more professional firms serving it as well. So if you looked at all the firms, let's say, you know, the whole market of remodeling companies, what percentage would you say do you think have embraced professionalism and all the things that you were mentioning? Sure. And, and, I, and I'll throw out some other stats and statistics that we monitor as a company at Hanley Wood. Uh, I mean, according to the uh, U.S. Department of Census, there, there are over 800,000 firms, not individuals, but firms that provide home improvement services to consumer customers. Now, if you think about those, those 800,000 plus firms, what we tend to look at is, okay, which of those firms actually have payroll? Mm-hmm. So, you know, which of them are actually running a business. Uh, and that gets divided into two segments. There's about 80,000 uh, full service, you know, design, build, remodeling firms that have payroll and about 140,000, what we would call specialty uh, contractor firms that, that had payroll. So that that's sort of the, the, the group that we monitor. So whatever percentage that is of the industry, it's sort of what we, we focus on. Uh, so I'm guessing you're putting that, you know, full service firms represents about um, you know, 10%. And, you know, especially firms represents maybe another, you know, 15% of the industry as far as what we would consider businesses. Do you have the number on how much of the $400 billion is attributed to the companies with payroll? Sure. I don't have, uh, Mark, I don't have the percentage as a company uh, to companies with payroll but I mean, as as we look at the the remodeling market, it's it's not one market. Mm-hmm. There are many segments of the market. I mean, you look at um, uh, full service professionally installed. You look at um, you know specialty replacement. You look at um, uh, DIY mm-hmm. you know segment and segment. 
I mean, one of the things that we know is that um, historically, DIY, at least since the 1980s, has accounted for about uh, 25% of the market. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the, like in 1995, the figure was exactly at, at 25%. One of the things we've seen right now, uh, as of this past year, it was down to 20%, hmm. and uh, which is one probably the, one of the record lows in, in recent history. And we think that'll change. I mean, one, one of the things that we have seen is that right now, the people that, the, the consumer group that has the best ability and the financial resources for investing in home improvement are that baby boomer generation. And that's where all the money is coming from. And older, the older group, the older people get, the less they tend to use DIY. So, you know, one of the things we're seeing right now is that the bulk of the remodeling is happening in the in the professionally installed segment. Uh, that has pulled back DIY. We do think that as millennials start to engage, though, there probably will be um, that'll probably straighten out and it'll get back to the normal normal averages. Uh, just to give you an idea, I mean, to put some statistics on that, for 55 to 60 year old. Uh, I'm sorry, 55 to 64-year-old households choosing to use a professional versus DIY is 81% of the time. So 81% of the time, somebody in the 55 to 64-year-old group will choose a professional versus DIY. 65-plus households, that grows to 87%. Mm-hmm. So with the bulk of the money coming from that age cohort right now, um, uh, you know, it's much more on the, the professionally installed side. But again, as I say, as we see more millennials come in, we think it'll get back to that, you know, historic average of around 24% DIY and, you know, 76 professional. Okay. All right. That's pretty interesting. So as we go forward then, what do you see happening with the marketplace? I mean, do you see continued growth? And if so, what's driving that? Or is it going to retract? Sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, like what I like to tell people is that if personally – if I could buy a mutual fund that was the remodeling market, <laughs> I would be. Uh, I think the the, the, the you know out, outlook for the remodeling industry is just tremendous. Uh, I think both in the short term as well as in the long term. Uh, I've talked about you know a little bit before some of the growth we've seen over the past you know um, a few decades, uh, but I think it will continue to grow. I mean, if in the short term. Uh, surveys that we've recently uh, conducted or, or the, uh, our uh, economies, economists looks at is we see probably um, mid to upper single-digit growth for the next several years. Uh, both uh, the Harvard Joint Center is projecting that uh, about a 7% growth rate uh, for 2019 as well. Uh, when we actually ask um, professionals in the business, and we go out and we do surveys all the time as far as uh, – what professionals think uh, their business is going to result in next year. The average for this year is 15.4%. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Our audience is basically saying, hey, they expect to grow 15.4% this year. I think uh, uh, the audience always tends to be a little bit optimistic. (laughs) So between they they are projecting and then what we actually end up seeing is usually a little bit less, uh, but but very, very positive. And and I think – as we look out, you know, our economist looks out, he does see sort of, you know, if you look at all of residential construction, uh, we are seeing right now that we will probably 
maybe hit a little bit of bump in right at the end of 2019 going into 2020. But that really is focused more on uh, what he is saying is more on the new res side of the market. Okay. And it just ties into land costs and, and uh, interest rates and so forth. Uh, but he is not seeing any really bump, speed bump at all for the remodeling market. As far as he can see, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all, all growth ahead. I mean, some of the things that we see impacting the market right now, and, and I almost like to, to the word I'm using in the market right now is that it's the, the perfect rainbow after the storm of the, the Great Recession. Uh, it's sort of a, a term I've been using, and it, it ties into a lot of different things. Uh, one, we know that the baby boomer generation has driven this market for the last couple of decades. Uh, we feel very confident that they are going to be driving uh, a lot of growth over the next decade. Uh, we know that um, you know part of the reasons for that is that um, uh, 50 plus households right now account for about 55% of all remodeling. Uh, we know that uh, as uh, those baby boomers age, uh, according to some study that the uh, studies that the AARP has done, they say that 80% plus a 50-year-old uh, household would like to stay in their homes throughout mm -hmm. retirement years. So we look at that, but also look at the fact that a lot of people have to do things to their homes to right. make sure they're ready for their retirement. Uh, and that doesn't only include things like people think tend to think, okay, well, people are getting ready for retirement uh, and, and aging in place. You know, what do they have to do? And people automatically think about, you know, things like grab bars and, and you know, low threshold floors and, and uh, things like that. But I think what we're also seeing is that as people are nearing retirement, they want to make sure their house is in good shape so that they are not going to have to spend mm. in their retirement years. I mean, we, we hear, uh, I mean, anecdotally, we hear, you know, we, we see people that are, we talked with one woman who was uh, approaching 80 years old and she was getting ready to replace her roof. And she decided, well, I want, I need to go with the 40 year shingle, the top of the line 40 year shingle. Well, she's very optimistic. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't want to have to worry about anything during retirement and I don't want my family to have to worry about it. So we hear comments like that all the time. People not only thinking about, you know, the, the aging in place, but also wanting to make sure that their home, is set, you know, they don't have to worry about, you know, uh, systems in the home or uh, energy efficiency and so forth. So they want to get that done. So again, uh, a lot of a drive on, on the baby boomer uh, households. Uh, other things that, you know, and, and I'll keep going on here if you guys don't mind. I'll keep yeah, go ahead. touch on statistics. The, the other things that, that we see is um, the age of the housing stock. I mean, here's another statistic. There's 137,403,000 thousand four hundred and sixty existing <laughs> homes take that 137,000 plus and the average age of those homes right now is 38 years of age so it's all-time peak as far as the age of the existing housing stock uh, we know that uh, when a home hits about 25 years of age it reaches peak spending for home improvement spending <sighs> and it maintains that level for the rest of the life of that home really so you've got a yeah so on average Every home in the country is 38 years of, of age. We keep adding to that every year. Uh, so that's, you know, one big thing that's, that's driving it. Uh, another thing is, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the baby boomers. Uh, but at the same time, everybody sees this big millennial generation, you know, mm -hmm. coming into the picture. 
there's, you know, there's 81 million millennial household, or I should say millennials, you know, born between the ages of 81 and 96. Uh, so they're, you know, they range from right now from 22 to 37 years of age. And we know that first time home buyers, 84% of them will buy an existing home. So that's a huge group that are going to be moving into home owning years, uh, probably buying existing homes for mm-hmm. the most part, uh, probably wanting to do things to those homes once they, once they, uh, right. move into them. Rick, uh, I just, another, Rick, real yeah. quick. I just heard, um. Actually, I think it was NPR I was listening to this week, but um, something about they were they were saying that um, the millennials are are trending towards preferring to rent. Sure, I mean I think that you know there there has been uh, you know we've done a lot of surveys. There's been a lot of surveys done out there. I think that you know people question uh, you know during the downturn, you know a lot of people lost their homes. A lot of people um, uh, you know are, are were a little bit gun shy once they lost those homes. The other thing that we've seen is that with millennial generation, one of the things that they're they're you know have a little bit hangover on is is uh, consumer debt because of um, education debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we have seen is that, and when you compare past generations to current generations, the millennial generation is about five to six years behind previous generations as entering household formations and home ownership. Oh. So there is, you know, some um, truth to that, Mark, as far as, um, you know, more of them are renting. But from everything we can see, homeownership is still the American dream. You know, uh, what we see is that as these millennials start to get married and, and even more important than getting married, having children. Having children is a, is a big, um, you know, key, you know, thing that happens you know, as far as uh, impetus for, for buying a home. So we're not really worried about the, you know, the rental. Uh, we think mm-hmm. that's sort of a, uh, we've seen a lot of multifamily growth and apartment growth, uh, but that is slowing down. As a matter of fact, the, the one part of the uh, construction industry we're seeing a little bit of a slowdown this year is on multifamily uh, huh. starts, seeing that turnaround. Uh, and, uh, you know, another thing I think um, that we look at is um, is the ability uh, for people to, to remodel. Mm-hmm. And not only the ability and having the financial ability, but also the confidence. And one of the things that plays into that a lot is um, equity in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they feel comfortable, if they feel it's a good investment, you know, they're, they're more willing to invest and spend on that home. If you look at total home equity in 1990, it was $4.32 trillion dollars. By 2000, it had grown to $7.39 trillion. At the peak of the market, there was $13.27 trillion in home equity. So people were feeling very confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the recession hit. The recession hit, and home equity dropped to $6.1 trillion. So more than 50% drop. Uh, it, it impacted us uh, considerably. Uh, the good news is that at the end of 2017, home equity was back to $14.44 trillion, all-time record, wow. you know, gained back all of what we had lost during the recession and then some. Uh, so people are feeling more confident, uh, and, that, and that's one of the big drivers that we're seeing uh, as well. A lot of good things out there as far as driving the market, uh, a lot of positive uh, flow. 
nothing that our economists or any of the industry groups that we sit on uh, see any kind of any big bumps, you know, coming coming along the horizon. So okay, so so Rick, okay, we talked a lot about the opportunities and the growth that's coming down the pike. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges that pros in the industry face today? Oh well, you know, I think you know you can't talk to anybody, whether it's a, a remodeling firm or a building product manufacturer that's serving the industry that doesn't identify the number one challenge as, as labor. Um, you know, you hear it everywhere. Uh, good news is, is that actually, uh, if you look at uh, the overall employment of uh, within the remodeling segment, uh, it actually has been the segment that has actually done the best at attracting mm-hmm. labor. Uh, as a matter of fact, the total uh, employment within the remodeling industry has actually surpassed the prior peak of the market back in 2007. Really? But you hear still people are saying, hey, we're, we're having a problem with labor, and it's because the market has grown so much. Mm-hmm. So even though there's actually more employees employed in the remodeling market now than there was back at the peak of the market uh, before the recession, uh, it's just not enough to keep up with the demand for remodeling. As a matter of fact, we just uh, completed a survey, and we asked our audience, you know, is your firm experiencing problems due to lack of skilled labor? Uh, 58% yes. Mm. So it's more than mm. half said yes. And then we asked the follow-up, do you see this problem getting worse over the course of the next two years? And 68% said yes. They expect it to get worse. About 28% said no change, and 5% said, said better. Uh, this is actually, we do this study every year, and, and the numbers have increased since last year. Um, last year, 52% said they expected it to get worse. This year, it's 68%. So I think that's probably the the biggest challenge that we're all facing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the other things that we hear out there all the time right now is, hey, uh, material costs. Uh, Material and product costs are continuing to increase. Uh, We're we're actually hearing right now that um, probably that could get worse. Uh, Everybody's heard about some of the the tariffs that have been impacted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And a lot of people think, well, we're not bringing in a lot of finished product from overseas, although we are some, uh, what we're seeing is that the, the tariffs are impacting a lot of the companies that actually manufacture products here in the appliance manufacturers. You know, uh, you know anybody that's doing anything from a, that involves metal, plastics, wood, uh, is going to get impacted if some of these tariffs go forward. So not only are they seeing um, increased material costs now, but a lot of companies are, are expecting that could get worse in the year to come. So labor and product costs are number one and number two. The, the, the third one that we hear about all the time is, is regulations. Mm. Uh, government regulations, um, you know, we, we know all about uh, things like uh, let RRP rules and the time that that takes to, to address mm-hmm. along with the cost. Uh, there's the new silica dust rule you know, that's right. been enacted and went into effect uh, uh, recently that, that people are having to address OSHA seems to be getting much more active in enforcing uh, workplace uh, safety. Uh, so all those types of things, those are the three big ones that we hear about all the time that are, are going to be challenges you know, in the market, at least for the foreseeable future. So do you have any specific advice on how remodelers might reduce the impact of any of those three elements, any of those challenges? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, from a labor standpoint, uh, as, as I mentioned, I think that, um, you know, the remodeling market has actually done the best job uh, of at least attracting labor. Uh, I think uh, it's all local. I think anything you can uh, be doing on a local uh, front to get involved with um, your local high schools, maybe maybe offering an, an internship program, uh, you know, working with some of the local trade schools. I know they're not as, as um, prevalent as they used to be, but uh, just trying to find that labor early on, uh, I think is going to be a benefit to you. Uh, I think um, from a, there's there's not going to be a lot you can do as far as uh, product costs. Right. I and mean, I think uh, the, the best you can do is, is form, you know, great alliances with your current suppliers. Uh, some firms I, I, I know have put in place alliance programs uh, where they actually have, have uh, developed relationships with either local suppliers or even manufacturers themselves. Uh, so that they're, they're, they're at least getting preferential treatment. Right. Uh, sometimes that might not come in the actual hard price of the product, but maybe some of the other things that go along with it that can help your bottom line. So I think, you know, trying to identify uh, the best suppliers at the local level uh, from a, a supply source, uh, as well as um, manufacturers that are willing to work with a remodeling professional, you know, engage with them and try to form relationships. And that hopefully will help a little bit on your, your product costs. Uh, government regulations, I don't think any of us uh, can can uh, address that. I think um, <laughs> no uh, we just have to do the best we can, uh, you know, responding to them, making sure that we put our own internal systems and processes in place to to uh, respectfully, you know, align with what they're asking us to do. Right. Right. Okay. Great. Rick, I got one more question for you. Are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Cal calm yourself. You're so excited. <laughs> and now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Um, favorite business book, a lot of times it's the one I've read most recently. Um, over the summer, I've been reading a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. And... and his whole philosophy over the last 35, 40 years that he's, he's run this business is he's run it as a meritocracy, which, which basically means that you succeed based on your merits. You know, you, you look at your merits, you know, we're not going to make, uh, you know, hiring or promotion, you know, based on, you know, all the things that we regularly do in businesses. Uh, their firm runs strictly on merit. And the book is, is you know, phenomenal. Uh, he's got chapters that talk about um, his principles, both in business as well in life. And so right now, I'd say that's, that's uh, my current favorite book, and I'm sure a new one will come along. If you weren't the group president of Hanleywood, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be a remodeler. <laughs> I mean, what a business. What are you not very good at? Uh, delegating. <laughs> I think... Uh, you know, we all, you know, want to hold on to everything. And uh, I tend to, you know, hold on to things too tightly. Uh, I've got to do more of basically delegating to the great people around me and letting them run on their own. Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? Room, desk, car. Uh, desk. What's the last thing you watched on TV? 
Last thing, uh, boy, do I have to say this? <laughs> I is a is an HGTV fan. <laughs> So usually she flicks that on just about before we go to bed every night. So it was probably one of the HDTV shows. <laughs> Who's your favorite Disney princess? Favorite Disney princess? Well, Ariel. <laughs> Ariel from uh, Yeah, Little Mermaid. That's right. Good job. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Rick. You know, we really appreciate you coming to be with us today because... Um, you have such interesting insights, and you've had this long history of watching it all happen, and you are looking at it from a much more macro view than most of us are, so it's very uh, nice to hear your point of view. But before we say goodbye, um, first of all, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners on how they can subscribe to Remodeling or or anything like that? You know, um, if, if anybody wants to understand or find out how to get, you know, a subscription to any of our products, whether it's remodeling or JLC, uh, or obviously, you know, sign up for the, the summit conference, just email me. My, my email address is rstrachan, which is S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N at hanleywood.com. So listeners, you just got Rick Strachan's email. So I expect you all to be sending him tons of emails so we can show him how many people are listening to Power Tips Unscripted. (laughs) Thanks, Rick. (laughs) And now, before we go, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience. I guess my five words of wisdom would be uh, look in the mirror proudly. Uh, You know, behind that, it's, it's, you know, hey, when you get up in the morning, or go to bed at night, and you look in that mirror either for the first time of the day or the last time at night, uh, be proud of yourself and and what you do, uh, whether it's in business or your family. So look in the mirror proudly. Awesome. That was a wonderful segment. Thank you so much, Rick, and we really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Rick. I was saying thank you for Myler's Advantage for all you do for the industry. Uh, We we love the partnership with you and and would not do this with anybody else. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. See in New Orleans. Yeah. There. Wasn't that statistic about the drop in home equity uh, uh, amazing? Yeah, it's crazy. 50% drop. But to think, and now it's up past what it was at the peak then. That is, that's incredible. I I don't even know where to start. I mean, he was throwing statistics around. Obviously, he likes his statistics. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, hey, the numbers tell the story, whether it's your business or the market, right? It's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's almost like I'm going to need to listen to this episode twice, three times, just with a pad and paper and and really absorb it because that was a lot of good, juicy stuff. And the good, juicy stuff that can lead our listeners to strategic decisions and diversifications and focuses on audiences and focuses on services, all the things that are going to set them up beautifully going forward. You know what I found really interesting was that Rick and I share a common trait. That you're organized, checklist, all that stuff? Would that be it? No. No. Okay. What would it be? I have trouble delegating. Oh, yes. That is very true. Because I cannot let go. Yeah. It's very difficult you've for been, me. You've been improving significantly, though, since it's been a focus of yours. I've, I've tried, but, yes. you know, nobody can do it as good as me. Yeah, I'm sure. At least in my own head. See, and I figure that everybody can do it as good as me, so I don't have any problem letting it go. Yeah, it's got to be easy for you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, so, yeah. anyway, if I'm anybody's hiring, I don't know if I'm going to be here any longer. <laughs> really? Actually. I'm like an elephant. I never forget. Just watch your back. Uh, well, well, Rick was great, and yep. um, going to see him. Hopefully, we'll see you too out in New Orleans. 
at Very the soon. 2018 Remodeler Summit, focused on legacy and your look into the future. Yeah, yeah, and we also have a whole segment on um, the Thursday morning session, where exactly with the, which is just the whole market outlook, which is well received. So very well received. It's packed. As yeah. a matter of fact, we've got over 500 people coming so far. So I think we've hit 540 actually. Yeah. So this morning, so yeah, pretty nice. I think we'll be in the 600 range. So come on, come on, come on. Yep. Sign up. Okay, well, another awesome episode mm-hmm. with another awesome guest. Yes, very much so. So thank you all for being here. I'm Victoria Downing. And I'm Mark Harari. We'll see you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.